Okay, so this seminar track has been very much about helping others find God, how to share the love of God with uh, other people. And we've looked at sharing with our friends and sharing with our communities. And today we're looking at sharing with the world, which is kind of a big thing. But we're really talking about then people that are different to us, maybe people that were born in a different place from us, maybe people that live in a different nation or from a different religion. And so how do we kind of graciously, respectfully, and in an honoring way, share the love of God with people. And uh, my book that these guys waved, which is on sale here, Global Humility, the whole idea behind that is we're trying to say what we never do, what we never do is turn up and say to people, what you believe is rubbish and what I believe is right, and so you're stupid and I'm going to tell you what's right now. Okay, I know you would never do that to your friends, I know you would never do that to people, but very much our, our heart and the way that we're seeing churches started in different nations of the world is, is a lot more respectful and engaged than that. And so it's turning up and going, I'm going to spend some years living here, trying to understand your world, trying to learn your language, trying to figure out what questions you are asking, and then I'm going to bring some answers. And so it's taking time to listen before we speak. You know, Jesus, when he came to our world, he spent 30 years listening and then three years talking. 30 years just living amongst people, working as a carpenter, trying to understand their world, eating food with people, making friends, trying to understand. And then after listening and and getting it, then he started talking. And we'd argue that his his three years talking were very effective and fruitful because he spent a long time listening. So rather than turning up and going, I've got all the answers and people going, hang on, who are you? We didn't even ask you a question yet. And when we send teams to other nations uh, to start churches, that's what we're doing. So we move people into another place. They'll spend a few years going, we want to understand this language. We're going to study the language. We're going to get to know the city. We're going to try and understand. And then when we plant a church here, it's going to be something that's appropriate and relevant and it's going to serve people in an appropriate way. And really that's In a nutshell, that's what we're going to be looking at today, is how do we do that? What is God's heart for mission? And we're going to be in a little bit of the Bible, first of all, from Genesis chapter 10 to chapter 12. So if you've got a Bible, you can go there. This is the one time when it's okay to get your phone out, because you've got your Bible on there. So Genesis 10 to 12, just this couple of chapters. And we know the story so far. God made the world beautiful. But then the world broke, people broke, pain came in, sin came in, mess came in, and the world is in not a good place. And then you've got the Noah's Ark story, and so everything gets washed clean, washed new. And when Noah and his family come out of the ark, God says to them what he'd said to Adam originally, which is, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. That's what he told Adam to do, but they failed. Out comes Noah from the ark, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. That's what God always wanted people to do, to fill the earth. And so then you come to chapter 10. And chapter 10 is one of those chapters in the Bible that is just lists and lists and lists of people. And they're the kind of chapters that we skip over. We're like, why is this interesting? Well, it's interesting because what chapter 10 of Genesis talks about is different people spreading out in the world, going and living in different places, and starting different cultures, different people groups. And it's a beautiful chapter. And you get this little refrain that goes over and over again in Genesis chapter 10 that says, 
From these peoples, they spread out in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans, in their nations. And you get that over and over again in Genesis 10. And so what you have is, these people came over here, and they ended up with their own language, and their nation, and their culture. And God loved that. And then some other people came over here, they had a different language, a different culture, and God loved that. And then some other people came over here, and they had a different language again, and a different culture, and God loved that. And see, what you see right from the beginning is that God loves diversity. That's good news, yeah? God loves diversity. That means when we get to heaven, we're not just going to eat cheese sandwiches. For me, that's good news. Food from all over the world. Hallelujah. Imagine. Just amazing. And forever to try everything different. That's going to be brilliant. You know, if you're racist, you are going to hate heaven. Yeah? Yeah? Because you're going to have to spend forever. If you don't like people, if you're a really deep introvert, you're going to hate heaven. You're going to spend forever with people from all over the world hearing their stories. It's going to be amazing. And so what happens is people are spreading out. We get this diversity culturally, and God loves it. And then we meet this guy, and he's the first big villain in the Bible, really. And his name is Nimrod. Okay, now in English language, it's not, a, it's not a name. I don't know if you've got any friends called Nimrod. Uh, in my part of the world, in Turkey, it's a name and it's a really big insult. If you say to someone, you are such a Nimrod, it's like really insulting to them. Okay, and so Nimrod is this, this villain who turns up in the Bible. And we're just going to read a couple of verses about him. Genesis chapter 10 and verse 8. Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. So he's a powerful guy. He's a big guy, powerful. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter against the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erek Akkad Kalne in the land of Shinai. So he starts a kingdom. He says, I'm going to be a king. And his kingdom is called Babel, Babylon, which all the way through the Bible is this kind of kingdom that is against God all the way through to the book of Revelation. Nimrod started that. He started Babylon. And so he's this bad guy, this villain. And the way he does it, the way he builds his kingdom, is he says, I'm going to make everybody the same. I don't like difference. I don't like diversity. I'm going to make everybody the same. And that's what he does. So chapter 11 and verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language... And the same words. Hang on, we had everybody spreading out with different languages. But now what's happened? Nimrod's kind of blanket, vanilla everybody. You're all just going to have one language now. I don't like difference. I want everybody to be the same. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. For they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let's build a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let's make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And so Nimrod's strategy, Nimrod's big plan, his way of saving the world, his way of doing mission, is he says, we are going to have one language. So we are going to eliminate difference. Difference is difficult. It's complicated. It makes things much better. Just get rid of them all. And just have one language. 
That's going to be so much easier to build a kingdom that way. You know, lots of people have done that in history. When the Spanish went to South America, there's so many countries in South America, there were so many different languages. But now, if you go to South America, what do they speak in Peru? Spanish. What do they speak in Argentina? Spanish. What do they speak in Chile? Spanish. The Spanish just came and went, if we're going to do this, what are we going to do? Just make everyone speak one language. That'd be much easier. You know that English did that in some places as well, yeah? And all the way through history, there's been empires that have come and gone, to make this simpler, we'll just make everybody speak the same language. And that way, we can control people. And so his, his first thing was one language, eliminate difference. Nimrod's second strategy, the second thing he did, was he said, I'm going to build a city. And in that way, I'll eliminate danger. And so he said, let's get bricks, let's build a city. That way we can be safe inside the walls and we won't be spread all over the earth again. And we won't have danger, we'll be stronger together. Let's, all, let's bring everybody, come everybody, let's build a city. So let's get rid of all danger. We don't like danger. Let's try and be safe. And then the third thing that Nimrod did was he said, and we're going to build one temple. So we're going to have one central place. So this tower, the Tower of Babel, with its top in the heavens, it was a temple. And the whole idea was people could come from all over, come here and worship here because this is, this is like the holy place to come. And so we'll eliminate dispersal. So he eliminates difference, danger and dispersal. And says, actually, what we're going to have is one language, one city, and one temple. Much easier just to keep everybody the same. Good plan? Bad plan? How did God feel about this? Well, what we read is this. God said in verse 7, Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth and they left off building the city. So God looks at this. He says, I don't like that plan. I like diversity. I don't want everybody in the same place. I don't want everybody being the same. So God comes down, smashes their tower, gives the people their languages back and scatters them again so they can spread and fill the earth which is what they were always supposed to do. And so God comes down, he sets all these people free, he smashes Nimrod, and he redistributes them all over the earth. And now we've seen Nimrod as the villain, as the bad guy in his strategy. Then God brings a new guy into the fore, and his name is Abraham. And what God is going to do with Abraham is the opposite. So God turns away from the city and chooses this small guy over here from the margins. He's like, Nimrod was a big guy. I don't want big people. I call small people. I don't call powerful people. I call weak people. So God comes over here. He finds a little guy called Abraham. He goes, he's small enough. He's weak enough. I'll use him. You know, there was a missionary called Hudson Taylor who went to China and started lots of churches. And someone said to him, wow, you're such an amazing guy, Hudson Taylor. What's your secret? And he said, I think God was looking for a really, really small person. And he found me. And that's why God's used me. And so that's what we see here. God moves away from Nimrod, the big guy, and finds the little guy, Abraham. And so what God says to Abraham 
is exactly the opposite of what Nimrod was trying to do. Okay, so when God speaks to Abraham in Genesis 12 and verse 1, he says this, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country. Nimrod was saying to people, Come. But God says to Abraham the opposite. He says, Go from your country and from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Nimrod was saying, let's make a great name for ourselves. God says to Abraham, I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Nimrod was big and powerful. Abraham was small and vulnerable. Nimrod said, come. God said to Abraham, I want you to go. Nimrod said, let's make a name for ourselves. God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a name. So Nimrod tried to eliminate difference and make it one language. But God says to Abraham, you're going to go and through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You'll come to this family in this country. You'll learn their language and you'll bless them. Then others will go over here. They'll learn their language and they'll bless them. So you'll go to all the different families of the earth and be a blessing to them where they are in their cultural matrix, in their context, in their way. Nimrod tried to eliminate danger. Let's build a city, let's have bricks, let's stay here, let's be safe. God says to Abraham, I want you to leave all of that behind, leave your safety, leave everything that gives you protection, and go. And it's risky, it's dangerous, anything could happen. When Abraham goes, they end up in the middle of a civil war, They end up in the middle of a famine. It's constantly risky and dangerous. But God says, that way, you're going to learn how to trust me. And Nimrod tried to eliminate dispersal. Let's have one temple. Everyone can come here and worship the same way. And God says, no, Abraham, I want you to go and spread out. He smashes that temple. And wherever Abraham goes, he builds an altar. He realizes that God is portable. He realizes that God doesn't live in one special place but God is with you wherever you go do you see the difference do you see the difference it's really important for us because we're going to talk about what does it mean to show the love of God to people that are different to us and sometimes we think it means well we need to make them the same as us Whereas actually what God is saying to Abraham is do something very different. And we see this happen one more time at the story of Pentecost. So at the story of Pentecost, you know the story. People from all over the world have come to Jerusalem to worship. Jerusalem's become just like Nimrod's city, really. Because they've come from all over the world and there's only one language. They have to pray in Hebrew. You have to learn the special language to pray. They have to come to Jerusalem, the special city, and they have to pray in the special temple. So it's one city, one language, and one temple again. Everybody come to Jerusalem, to the holy city. And what happens is, God comes down at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out, God comes down, and God gives people their languages back. It's like, oh, we thought we had to learn Hebrew, and we find ourselves speaking Armenian and Arabic. And why is that? It's because God loves your language, God loves your culture, God loves your difference. So when we look at mission God's way, 
That's what we're talking about. We're saying mission done in God's way. There will be difference. There will be danger. And there will be dispersal. There will be difference. So when we as a family moved to Istanbul in Turkey, because we felt God call us there to go and plant a church, we said, okay, when we start a church there, it's not, it's not going to look like our church in London did. Why? Because it's not London. So people were like, oh, your church in London, you do this, you sing these kind of songs. It's like, well, this is Turkey, it's different. So church is going to look different. A Turkish Christian is going to look different to an English Christian, yeah? Different kind of songs, different kind of food, different kind of ways of doing things. So our church in Turkey, everybody in Turkey smokes, like the whole country smokes. So we, we had a cigarette break in between the worship and the preaching because otherwise people can't concentrate for the preaching and you want them to be able to concentrate. So everyone goes outside, has a cigarette, comes back. And, then, and you, people in England are like, oh my word, you can't do it. But it's different. It's not right and wrong, it's different. And so many things like that happen when you go to a different place. And so what we learn is this, Christians are champions of diversity. We love it. Every church should look different. Every church should have different strengths, different emphases. We don't want all our churches to be a mini new day, do we? Do the same songs, the same style of things. It's different. And so that's what we believe and that's what we want to see happen. And in heaven, we're going to see every tribe, every language, every nation, different kinds of singing, different kinds of food, different games. Heaven's going to be amazingly diverse. So there will be difference. If you're here today and you feel different and you feel like you don't fit in, I want to say to you that is a good thing. God loves difference. And your, your difference needs to be a strength for you. you know, for years, I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere because I grew up in Cyprus. And then we moved to the UK when I was young. And then my wife is from South Africa, and that's, she's just weird. Um, and then my kids grew up here and went and lived in Turkey. And we were foreigners in Turkey. And so wherever I've lived, I've been a foreigner. I've never fitted in. We've never owned a house We've never had the kind of, all the stuff that goes, oh, we belong here. This is our circle. We've, God has always moved us on. And you look at the story and you go, well, I guess that's a little bit like Abraham. And I've always felt like I don't fit in necessarily anywhere. And it took me quite a long time to realize that is a good thing. That's a good thing. That means, I'm, A, I'm really looking forward to heaven because that will be home. B, I can use my sense of being different to identify with other people who don't feel like they fit in. And I can notice those people and go, you also feel like you're strange. I feel like I'm strange. We can connect. We can help each other. And so it's important to understand these things. It, Nimrod's plan, Babylon, was to make everything the same. And that spirit is alive and well today. It just wants to make every, you have to look a certain way, you have to have certain stuff, you have to be a certain way. Let's all be the same. And God says, no. Be different. That's a good thing. Secondly, mission done God's way, there will be danger. You know, we can do as much as we want to try and keep ourselves safe, 
but the world is a scary place. And actually, what happens when you end up being in a different place or stepping out of your comfort zone or moving towards people that are different to you is it brings all of that fear to the surface, and that's a good thing because then God can deal with it and you learn to trust him. And so there will be danger. There must be risk. I was recently in a country a couple of weeks ago uh, exploring, uh, doing a church plant there, and it's quite a dangerous country and on the way in I was taken aside by the police and interviewed for hours really who do you know what are you going to be doing give us your phone number we're going to track you and so to a few of the meetings when I was there I said I'm not going to take my phone with me because in the movies when 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 there's like a spy or something they think oh they can track me through my phone so I was like I'm going to leave my phone behind and then go to this other city and do these meetings and not have my and I felt like a proper spy it was really exciting But I also felt really scared because I was like, maybe they can track me another way. Maybe they put a tracker in my bag, you know. And, but there must be danger because that way we learn to trust God. And then thirdly, the mission God's done God's way, there will be dispersal. So what Nimrod was scared of was being scattered all over the world. But God said that was always my plan. It was never my plan to have everybody in the same place. It was never my plan just to go, oh, we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in our church and they're all just staying here. That's not okay. It was always God's plan to scatter people all over the world, to take you like seed and scatter you all over the world. God's always been doing that. This family is growing all over the world. That's what he loves to do. That's what he's always intended to do. If there are people in your town who are from other nations, if there are people in your city who are from other nations and they're not coming to your church, that means your church needs to go to them. Yeah, if they don't come, you go. If, if, if they're not finding you, you go find them. You need to move towards people. And we learn this from God because God didn't sit in heaven waiting going, nobody's coming to me. He said, I'm going to go to them. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send Jesus. And when Jesus came, he came and it was dangerous. He came and he was a small guy surrounded by enemies. And that was the way that God has chosen to show his love. That's the way that God's chosen to do mission.